You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Brought to you by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and we've got back with us again this week, uh, Ann Kerr with True North Freedom Project. Ann, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, and so um, I just have to tell you before we get started, listeners, you know, it's it, it's interesting because I didn't even mention in the last program uh, how Ann and I even got connected because it was kind of one of those sort of serendipitous kind of things because we do these uh, workshops, these three-day workshops for men called Gateway to Freedom. And so I had a guy that had come to a workshop, and we always like to ask the guys, hey, how'd you learn about us? Where'd you get our information? And he says, uh, oh, hey, I got your information uh, from True North. And I was like, well, what's that? You know, because <laughs> we didn't we didn't know about True North. And so he said, oh, it's a ministry, you know, in Atlanta. And so I looked it up. And sure enough, here's this ministry I'd never heard of, looked on their website. And, and they are graciously, like, promoting our three-day workshop. And so I'm, I'm always, anytime I see that, and we've been fortunate enough to see that over the years in our ministry, I always want to reach out and say, okay, how'd you find us? And, you know, this is so cool. Thank you for being willing to promote uh, the information that we're, you know, the ministry that we're doing. And so that's how Ann and I connected and I got to kind of hear her heart. And we have a very similar passion and philosophy towards ministry in terms of how to help people understand the good design of God's sexuality rather than just pointing out all the, you know, in other words, we're neither one of our ministries are anti-ministries. I mean, we're like, like pro purity ministries were pro you know god's design and so that's kind of how we got connected and uh when was that Anne? was that maybe a year year and a half ago something like that wow yeah probably about a year ago maybe maybe a little longer so anyway i just love how god kind of orchestrates those kind of connections but i would love for you to be able to um tell our listeners again just a little bit about maybe give a little recap of your story for those who weren't with us the last time and listeners if you want to hear a little bit more of Ann's story, you can listen to the last um, program. And then we do want to kind of catch the transition that happened. We didn't get into a whole lot of what happened, you know, with your husband after you guys got married and how you you navigated all of those, um, you know, those channels. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I grew up in outside of Atlanta, met my husband at Georgia Tech, where we were both in school, and got We got married. God gave us three children. When our youngest left for college, I learned about human trafficking, and my heart was really broken, especially for the children. I think that's normal. That's often where God gets people first. But then I realized, wow, so many people were caught up in this, and it was just an atrocity. But uh, God also began to show me that the men, and predominantly men, that were perpetuating it were broken also and that they needed a rescue of a different kind. And so I began praying about what to do, and God revealed that uh, pornography was kind of the gateway to not just sex trafficking, but all kinds of other just struggles in our lives, and because it's an affront to our sexuality. So um, we decided that we would kind of um, talk with pastors in the local area and see what they were doing kind of in terms of helping people that had struggles related to sexual brokenness. And we found a real opportunity because 
a lot of um, pastors and ministry leaders don't really know, you know, how to help people in this area. So, um, interestingly, in the midst of God calling me to what is now True North, my husband confessed to me one night that he had had his own struggle with pornography that Mm -hmm. had lasted really the first 28 years of our marriage. And, in fact, he had just been kind of set free, if you will, um, within like three months prior to it. He He had really been walking in freedom for about three months at the point at which he talked with me about it. Mm -hmm. So what had been his reality for years and years and years then became my reality. And it was, it was a pretty tough pill to swallow. Um, but God in his sovereignty, uh, even that night, I remember through his tears and, um, sitting there, he he was very repentant. He was, he was very remorseful. Um, hated that he had hurt me in this way, and, and he knew it was very hurtful for me to, to hear about this. But even in all of that, I kind of had the sense that God had prepared me for it. And the year prior to that, I'd gone through a pretty in-depth study of the book of Ephesians, so I knew my identity was so secure in Christ and that nothing that Greg had ever done would change that. I understood the power of sin and grace and that God's grace is for every single sin, all of mine, all of Greg's. And I understood a few things about keeping things in the darkness versus exposing them to the light. And I realized, okay, so this is really hard, but at least it's getting into the light where I knew that God could then begin to heal it. And so we really started on a journey that night. And um, of course, there were just, that could be a whole other show, you know, of what (laughs) what happens in that moment when your world kind of comes crashing down. And I do have to say, we were spared a lot in that Greg had not gone beyond looking at porn. Um, So I realize every situation is different, but I understand what that betrayal feels like. And um, I understand what it means to, to have to work toward, you know, rebuilding trust and what's the new normal and how do we go forward from here and how do we handle situations that come up and, we decided to keep short accounts. That was one of our saving graces. Um, so he would come to me, you know, if he had slipped. And that has really, that has, that has proven to be a good thing in our relationship. We, we restore things quickly. And thankfully, he has gotten much um, stronger in his walk with God. And, and he is walking in a beautiful place with God, much mm. more authentic place with God. That's wonderful. And I think, you know, um, you know, there is a, a blessing, so to speak, if I could say that, that you mentioned about, you know, him not having maybe crossed the flesh barrier. But, you know, the reality is, is um, betrayal of a sexual sort, whether it's, quote unquote, just looking at pornography or actually having a physical affair is is a deep betrayal. Uh, it it kind of it hits a woman at the deepest part of her being. Right. I mean, so yeah. I do believe that there can be some differences and maybe uh, temporary consequences as far as, you know, whether or not a person has crossed that line, but I'm not so sure if it is completely different in the effect that it can have on a woman's heart. Um, because, you know, it does it does hit that line of the deepest trust that you can have with another individual, right? Um, yeah. I mean, a sexual trust is pretty much the deepest trust two people can have. Um, 
And so to have that broken in any kind of way obviously requires a lot of repair and a lot of uh, work. And so I'm, it's 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 exciting to see that God helped you guys work through that, especially when you think about the season of your life in which that occurred, right? You're right. kind of getting launched in ministry and all these kind of things, and that could have so even derailed um everything that was happening on that front, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, God is never late. And there are times when I think, wow, if I had only done this or if we had only done this, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, and we, we just can't change that. So you work with what you have. And um, I do have to say that our relationship is so much stronger now, mm. even than it was before. And authenticity is a big part of that. I've become more authentic with him about some of my own struggles. So we're just, we're learning this new dance, you know, and it, it really is beautiful. And God is a redeeming God. And it was his kindness that led Greg to repentance and to freedom. And I'm, I will be forever grateful for that because I know that what Greg is going through or, or went through with his, dark and it was a very dark struggle Mm. it was a very dark place and you know that was one of the things that really came to my mind that night too was someone that i love has been in an incredibly dark place and i was so mad at the devil that night i really was i just (laughs) but um anyway so god kind of used that righteous anger i think um, you know, to kind of spur us on. We decided to face the devil together. Like, mm-hmm. we weren't going to let him tear our marriage apart. I knew that's what he wanted to do. So He's been trying to do that all this time. Yeah, so let's actually talk about that, because, you know, your situation that you went through with Greg is extremely common to many of our listeners, you know, where um, there's been that, that betrayal of trust. Um, so let's talk practically, you know, it can obviously relate to your story and you can give us the kind of the practical steps that you guys took. But even looking back on that, you know, because I think we journey through our lives and then we gain wisdom along the way and we look back and we realize things that might be greater insights that we can pass along to others. You know what I mean? So it's like we travel through our lives and learn kind of by our mistakes and then through the wisdom we gain at the you know, where we are in the journey now, we can look back and go, hey, for those of you who are where I was, I've got a little bit better idea for how to deal with that than mm-hmm. how I dealt with it. So maybe with those mm-hmm. two things in mind, what are some practical uh, steps? Let's start with the wife. What are some practical steps that you would give to a wife out there that might find her in that situation where, guess what, her husband just confessed or she just found out? her husband's mess. And then maybe we'll flip to the husband's side and take a look at that. Yeah. Well, let me back up just a little bit. Um, I think, I think most Christians, especially if you haven't lived through something of this magnitude of um, the obvious work of evil in a life, I think we underestimate the power of evil. Mm. And therefore we have to be praying for these people that we love so much. So I would just say to any listener right now, whether you know or you know or not, if your husband struggles with anything related to this, or even if you know, if you're a man, pray for these relationships in your lives. Pray that God would break down strongholds in the minds of the people that you love. 
because there is an enemy of of their souls who is trying to attack them in every way he can. And sexuality is one of the easiest ways for him to get in there because our sexuality is so wrapped around our hearts and our souls and our emotions and our mind. It's just, it's, it's, it encompasses so much of our, of our being and our spiritual being. And it's so closely related to God. And so I know the enemy, it's a target for him. So begin to pray for that. Pray for your children also, that God would just truly make a way for them to understand their, their sexual design as he designed them, and that um, he would protect, not just protect, but that he would use the challenges. We all are faced with things in this culture that come against our sexuality. It's just natural. And so in our case... Um, well, and, and I would just echo what you're saying about how much we underestimate evil. And I think one of the reasons for that is because we are no longer calling evil evil. And so I just want to go on record as saying pornography is evil. So, um, you know, that's something that's not even stated in our culture hardly anymore, even even among Christians, um, is it's become such a normal thing that uh, we have we have mistaken uh, normal for being right. And that's not (laughs) that's not true. Just because something is normal, like the norm, doesn't mean that it uh, it is it is ab- actually right. So I just want to echo what you're saying. We have absolutely underestimated the the influence of evil in our culture. Yeah. So I think um, to the wife out there, especially, you know, I would I would probably say try really pray for God's perspective on all of this. It it could truly be that this is a rescue mission for your husband's heart. Because if he is struggling with any kind of lust or pornography addiction or something like that, what he's truly looking for is intimacy with God, a deeper intimacy with God. And he he has found something that has given him pleasure in the brain. And that's just the reality of it. Sexual things promote pleasure in the brain. And the more you feel that pleasure, the more you're drawn to it. And so it is not in general that he has abandoned or doesn't want you. It is more that he has found something that feels really good. And so I would just try to objectify that a little bit and try not to make it so personal. Um, I have therapists, you know, that I talk with a lot about all of this, and they say, you know, the first thing I tell a wife is, you didn't cause this, and you can't fix it. Mm -hmm. And so just to really begin to let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit in his life, pray more, certainly confront sin. We have to. That's the loving thing to do. We don't want anyone that we love to be wandering in sin. That's a dangerous place, and it's a destructive place, and it's a dark place. And you can't really fulfill all the great purposes that God has for your life as long as you're over here in this other area. So, yes, confront it. I would, I would, you know, there are lots of great books out there. We have a few on our website um, for women maybe that, that are dealing with betrayal, sexual betrayal of some kind. So that's a great place to start just to begin to help you understand it a little bit better prayer, find another person that you could pray with maybe and just really intercede on his behalf and then enter in with confidence and love if there are hard conversations that need to happen and um, be prepared. Like you may hear some things that are really hard to hear. Mm-hmm. There will be tears. <laughs> there there may even be some anger, you know, and, and all of those are very valid emotions. But try to remember that your husband is not the enemy. Yeah. And it, that porn is not the enemy. There is another enemy at work, and he's very deceptive, and he's 
he's very intentional and he's relentless. And I like to let uh, folks know, men and women, the the idea that uh, not all pain is bad. You know, we have we have so conditioned ourselves, I think, especially in our American culture, to be so comfort oriented in terms of ease that we don't realize that some some healing actually is incredibly painful. I mean, we know this mm-hmm. even physically, right? I mean, if I cut my arm and uh, the the actual cutting of the arm itself is going to be extremely painful. And if I don't do anything, that's a destructive pain, right? Because I'm going to bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed. But even when I stop the bleeding and I go and I get my arm stitched up, I'm not done with pain in that area. It's like there's a healing that has to take place. And the one thing that you can never um, eliminate from the process of healing is time. And mm-hmm. that's that's why I think so many people struggle to enter recovery or to work on restoration or those kinds of things is because sometimes the pain of healing can feel very similar to the pain of destruction, at least in the initial mm-hmm. stages. It all just feels ugh, painful. And you just have to keep reminding yourself of, well, what direction are we pointed? Are we pointed towards healing? So therefore, over time, that pain lessens as kind of the scars appear, you know, as, as the, the wound closes. Um, and so sometimes you can recognize whether or not, I'm not saying this is always the case, but sometimes you recognize whether or not there is healing is when, when time begins to pass if the pain is worsening, you, you might be kind of off track or there might be some things that are not being addressed or you might be pointed in the wrong direction. Um, mm-hmm. Because the hope is that if you're pointed towards healing, even though it's painful over time, eventually just a scar remains, not yeah. the full-blown open wound. What would you say to that, Ian? Well, that is absolutely true. And again, God is never late. And there is something... There is something sacred about healing taking time, and I believe that God wants us to heal in community also. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he wants us to, to, to learn how to talk with each other about these hard struggles in life. And I will say, I believe in my husband's case, well, I know in his case, one of the things that kept him in that dark place was fear, and he feared my response. And that's actually out of love. He didn't want to lose me. (laughs) And I think a lot of women might say, well, if he really loved me, he wouldn't do this. Mm. And I understand that, but I also understand that it is when it has become an addiction, especially, we can be drawn back to anything, honestly. We can, you know, it's just... The enemy, as I said, is relentless and drawing us into dark places. And then once, if you find something that's really pleasurable there and you want to repeat that. So I think that um, creating, being a safe place for the people that you love is so important. So, so part of that might be no, go ahead. just becoming a little more educated on some of the aspects of um, like pornography and, and the way the brain does respond to it and things like that. And then... Um, realizing that, you know, they're not the enemy. And so trying to really enter in with God and become that safe person for someone else. Yeah. So let's explore this time element just a little bit more, because uh, what would you say, and I know I'm totally putting you on the spot here with a question you weren't prepared for necessarily, but 
when you think about the ele- the the characteristics that you and Greg developed uh, through this journey, what would you say are the things that you the characteristics and the things that you learned that could only have occurred because of time? In other words, I think you know we can have certain things that we just do instantly like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna start going to a group or i'm gonna see a counselor or i'm gonna put you know covenant eyes on my computer and those are mm-hmm. things that we can do immediately right mm-hmm. um but there are certain things that i think that can't be actually developed apart from time and so what are some things that you maybe have witnessed or experienced in your restoration with greg that proved to be true that, hey, we, we were only able to develop these things either individually or as a couple through time? Mm-hmm. Well, one was that Greg began getting up every single morning at 5 o'clock and spending time with God. Mm-hmm. And that was something he had never done on a regular basis. And it was beautiful to see just day by day the ways that God began revealing aspects of his own character to Greg. And Greg began to see God in a whole new way. Uh, he wrote several blog posts in January of this year on our website that are just beautiful about the restoration process that God took him through. And it did take time. And then there are other things that just, you know, we were, do- we're doing life together, and so things are going to come up. And um, movies, there was a scene in a movie, we'd seen the movie before, it wasn't really explicit, but we knew there was going to be a little bit of nudity, and I... I said to Greg, close your eyes, and he kind of, you know, responded not real lovingly back to me, and I <laughs> later we had to talk about that, and we had we had to work through, okay, so, so what does it look like practically, you know, to live together where we really are trying to guard our, our eyes, and he had to, he had to tell me over and over, and I really and truly want to please God. I realize, you know, we're both still learning how to do this, and, and I think we will be doing that for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know, um, it's a maturing process. I, I can't say we have arrived. I mean, we're certainly further along than we were. So in that sense, yes, it, sure. it's going to take a lifetime well, if, to really um, know God in these areas. Yeah, because if you think about it, the two things that come to my mind that that literally cannot be developed apart from time are patience and faithfulness. So, I mean, if you think about that, it's like, yeah, neither one of the, you cannot say in a moment that um, there's patience. I mean, it's like, it's something that kind of has, there's an endurance factor to patience, which requires time. Same thing with faithfulness. Mm -hmm. You can't say singularly in a moment there's faithfulness. It's like, well, faithfulness is demonstrated over time. And uh, one of my favorite things to think to to help people understand when you think about the idea of faithfulness, because I think what you're describing here in terms of what you and Greg worked through was continuing to commit to faithfulness, is mm-hmm. that faithfulness doesn't mean perfection. Faithfulness doesn't mean that we never fall. Faithfulness right. means that we never quit. And there's a huge difference in the two. And I think sometimes even Christians, they get this idea of faithfulness. You know, we talk about, uh, and we obviously talk about it in the right context in terms of God's faithfulness, right? He's always faithful. He's always faithful. And so sometimes we we then say, because God is perfect, therefore faithfulness means perfection in terms of how we are to administer faithfulness. But the reality is, is none of us are perfect, right? So when we are yeah. seeking to be faithful... Um, 
especially when you think about marriage, it's not about saying you and I, you know, when I think about my wife, when we say, you know, you and I are going to be faithful to each other. We're not saying we're going to be perfect in our Mm -hmm. behavior or whatever, that we're never going to stumble. What we are saying is that we're never going to quit until the day we breathe our last. And I think that's something that also is missing dramatically in our culture uh, regarding not only just the issue of sexuality, but just in general. We're, we've mm-hmm. lost the sense of that aspect of integrity, of being a faithful people. And so speak into that a little bit, a bit about just the, the benefit of pressing into faithfulness when it's hard, when it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. when there's been betrayal. I mean, what's the value of faithfulness that you have de- you have experienced in your marriage? Well, because I trust I trust in Greg's heart, and I I know that his heart is for me, and I also know that I, I'm not in Greg's brain. You know, like I can't see the the daily struggles that he has, and you know he's told me at one time I, I kind of said, well, why don't you just call me? Like if you're really tempted just call me. And he said, and I'd be calling you all day long. (laughs) And I thought, okay, so, so that's, you know, so he, he does want to be faithful to me. And, and sometimes that means setting up good, you know, boundaries around you or, or good procedures and things or people, you know, like being open to what God has for you as God is, is leading you to be faithful and equipping you to be faithful Again, I, I believe he uses community. I believe he uses um, the spiritual disciplines, you know, prayer, time in the Word, mm-hmm. time with other believers, a, a whole, so many things, you know, they're just right there at our fingertips because he wants to equip us to be faithful. Right. And I think he wants us to bring other people along with that faithfulness, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just for us. Greg's story is not just for me or for our marriage or for him. It's for the body of Christ. Right. What would you, we've got a couple minutes left here, and I would love for you to just be able to give a word of encouragement to husbands and wives or just men and women out there who might be feeling like they're in kind of a stuck place or they're, they're maybe even struggling with what we're talking about here regarding faithfulness and, and all of that. What would be your word of encouragement that you would want to give to them in terms of just whatever maybe their next steps are um, before we close our time here? Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I think one key thing is to try to discern the voices that are going on in your head. The, the things that you have on repeat, if they are filled with shame and condemnation, then they are not from God. And so begin to, to get into the Word of God. And um, sometimes when I, when I need a fresh word from God, I'll just start with one of the Gospels. And I just, you, you see how Jesus talked to the broken and the weary. And you realize, oh my goodness, he has harshest words for the people that thought they had it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, so he obviously, he loved the broken and the weary and the ones that were struggling. He came to set the captives free. So if you're in that place, or if you love someone who's in that place of bondage, just realize the whole reason Jesus came was to set that person free. Yeah. And just begin to pray toward that. And then begin to utilize, like I said, these the spiritual disciplines, obviously. Sometimes it's hard to go there when you, when you feel so bad about yourself. 
you know, but God doesn't feel bad about you. God, mm-hmm. you, if you're a Christian, especially, you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. He sees you as fully righteous. Go to him. He has gifts for you. He has things for you. Even in the obedient walk, you know, he has things for you to help you. And then other people, you know, find find one other person, uh, maybe a little more spiritually mature than you are, that you can sit down to. James 5, uh, 16, is it, that says, confess your sins yes. to one another. Mm-hmm. That a time of healing may come. So there's something about open confession, getting it into the light. Yeah. Then the power of it begins to fall away. And that's such a beautiful first step. And I'm so grateful that God led my husband to that place. And honestly, it was nothing I did. It was the Holy Spirit, 100%. Oh, yeah. I did pray for my husband a lot through the years, but it, when it came down to it, it was the Holy Spirit that got his attention yeah. the night that he was set free. Well, real quickly, uh, why don't you give our listeners your website and how they can contact your ministry? Okay, thank you. Well, it's True North and then FP, like Freedom Project. So truenorthfp.org is our website, and we have some great blog posts, especially for parents and um, others who just want to understand this a little bit better or get some hope. Um, that's one thing I think we need more of in this mm-hmm. issue. It's just lots of hope. And then my email is Ann, A-N-N-E-K, like Kerr, Ann Kerr, I'm sorry, Ann K at truenorthfp.org. I'd love to hear from anyone who'd like to email me. Well, thanks again, Ann, for being with us. Thank you. It's great. All right. And listeners, we're always glad that you're with us, and we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.